0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: It is 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. First up this hour, only 12% of the candidates running in the state elections are women. So what's going on?
2: Yeah, so a total of seventy-one women candidates be contesting, which sounds like a lot, except when you realize that there are two hundred forty-five seats available. And so a total of five hundred seventy candidates in total. But let's break that down a little. So with the unity government uh, team that is PH and BN, we had 38 out of 245 candidates. That compares a little better than uh, Parikata National. It has 19 out of the 245 candidates fielding. Muta does well, but it's fielding only 19 candidates, out of which 10 are women. So that's slightly more than 50% mm. of their candidates that are women. Parti Raya ha- Malaysia has... Uh, two out of 13, and Parti Socialist Malaysia have uh, one out of four. they are also independents, uh, the field of independents uh, spread all across the, the, the six states. Only one is a woman.
1: Now, of course, this 12% number is not even half of the often-touted 30% ideal. Um, well, 30% is not ideal, but the 30% <laughs> is the bare minimum that we should be doing. Um, and this is, of course, a call that has been... Um, it comes up every time there's elections, right? And that's because 30% is essentially the global standard set by the UN uh, when it comes to um, how a subgroup is adequately represented um, in, in any situation. And we, as we can tell from this, we're actually really far from hitting that 30%, despite the fact that we've heard this being brought up before every, um, every time we go to the polls, this conversation comes up, and yet there doesn't seem to be a lot done to address it.
2: Yeah so at this point in time we're only looking at candidates we haven't even looked at the winners and then yes. but what's i think uh, essential is to look at how and where women candidates are fielded are they fielded in safer seats by their respective parties do they stand a better chance or are they being put out as kind of cannon fodder in difficult seats right so this is something that we need to be attended to when we look at these numbers it's not just the numbers in absolute terms but it's
1: also where they stand Stand in terms of their electability? So, you know, Shirad, every time we do um, a show around this issue, um, particularly when it comes to female representation, one of the points that gets brought up is that um, I don't care what gender the candidate is. I just want them to be a good candidate. Um, I will vote on merit. And it often strikes me that somehow going by that seems to just mean we keep electing men. Um, and I'm trying to figure out how to surely there's a way to balance between yes absolutely the call for merit when it comes to our candidates but to also make sure that there is that sort of um, equality when it comes to gender representation
2: yeah I mean in Asia it's a it's a curious thing right so if you look at South Asia we've had a lot of women leaders at right mm-hmm. at the top right we had the Indra Gandhis uh, we look at um, Srima Bandra Bandar, Chandrika Bandika uh, Bangladesh has had in fact the the top, uh, contestants yes. in Bangladesh are both women. So in South and then in in, in Southeast Asia, we've had some stellar women uh, political leaders as well. We think of Mekawati in Indonesia, Corazon Aquino you know, in in the Philippines. So it's not like it's not there, right? Um, so I wonder if it's partly that that we're in fact unlike, say, the US, where they've never had a woman president. In fact, the breakthrough was
1: them uh, for them recently was having a vice president. Yeah. Like- it's interesting I think um, I I think though that despite the despite the fact that we do see this sort of representation in our region um, when we look at these sorts of numbers there does seem to be a disconnect and and, and I think it goes back to um, the point you were bringing up earlier what is the motivation when you field a candidate right is it because the the um, Is there an impression that perhaps in certain constituencies with certain sorts of voters, a male candidate might seem to be more effective? Um, Is it a lack of preparation and training and a putting forward right from the early stages where obviously if you're not fielding younger, fielding and training younger candidates from an early stage, the polling station is the is the end point of that and you're not going to see that representation
2: yeah political parties I think have their own algorithm their own sort of formula for deciding this whether somebody's electable whether somebody is acceptable to in a particular cultural context are women do we have uh, you know is there kind of underlying uh, substratum of kind of male chauvinism in, and and or, or paternalistic thinking that you know that even women think that a male candidate is preferable to a woman candidate right so all these things, I think, that political parties perhaps um, have in the mix when they make those decisions. But it is unfortunate that that you're right because the outcome tend to be severe underrepresentation of women. And despite the fact that I grew up in the era of Margaret Thatcher, and, and you know, not so great, uh, you know, women leaders like that. Uh, I mean, great from an ideological perspective, uh, that, uh, you know, we really
1: do want to see more representation of women in our uh, elected bodies. So we're talking about the fact that um, in the upcoming state elections, only 12% of the candidates being fielded are women. So we want to hear from you, should all parties have a Quota for female candidates. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we'll be speaking with Dr. Zairini Azmi, researcher at the Centre for Research on Women and Gender, also known as Kanita at University Science Malaysia. So keep it here, BFM 89.9.
0: Because freedom matters, BFM 89.9.
1: It's 5.15. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. We're talking about female representation in the upcoming state elections. Uh, sadly, not looking so great. Only 12% of the candidates being fielded are women. So we'd like to hear from you. Should all parties have a quota for female candidates? You can call 777 900 send us a voice note or WhatsApp 18 789 tweet us at BFM Radio. Now on the line with us is Dr. Zairini Azmi, researcher at the Center for Research on Women and Gender, uh, better known as Kanita at USM. Zairini, good to have you with us today.
0: Thank you, thank you for having me today. How are you? I'm good, thank
1: you. Um, so first off, tell us uh, where you are and who and what you're observing when it comes to the state elections. Oh, uh,
0: yeah, Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm here in Terengganu. Um I'm observing one of the two female candidates uh, in Terengganu. Uh Now I'm observing Puan uh, Ika Lisut. Um, Puan Ika Lissud is a candidate from the uh, Pakatan Harapan Barisan National Coalition in the Mane Constituency. Another one is uh, Pansuraida Makno uh, in uh, Don uh, Ladang. Okay, so it is very interesting because this is be the first uh, the first uh, woman nominated here in Don Manir, um, and so it's w- be very interesting to witness how the voters in this area respond to the candidate, the female candidate, and the approach used. Um, I have been uh, monitoring women's candidate campaign and performance in the state election, and also previously in the uh, 15 general elections. So this is uh, a part of the uh, Pantau PRU initiative. Yeah, uh, 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 to ensure greater participation, uh, nomination, appointment of uh, and selection of women's at decision making level, and we start with uh, women candidates. So Pantau PRU 15 is a coalition led by. NCWO, uh, National Council for Women's Organization, uh, comprising um, 200, I saying, 200 women's NGOs, and uh, 24 other collaborating uh, NGOs, including academic members.
2: So Irene, if I ask you, we can just follow up on the you know, situation there in, in trungano What are the, the perceptions of political parties about women candidates? Are they seen as a liability? Are they seen as something that are good for the political parties?
0: Well, uh if you look at uh, past uh, elections um, in general, uh, general elections 14 and 13, uh, they do they did have um, women candidates. but the sentiment that I got from uh, Trunganian people they are not ready for uh, female leaders uh, uh, to, you know um, that's a, to, to simplify things, uh, they're not ready to have uh, uh, women uh, leaders. Um, But I think we should start somewhere, you know, we should uh, start to have more women candidates so people can get used to have more women, uh, uh, more women as uh, uh, leaders in political area in Tranganu. So that is the most important, uh, important thing.
1: Now if we look at the larger pool of candidates out of the 570 for the six states only 71 are women how does this number stack up against previous elections has the gap gotten bigger
0: uh, Again if you refer there's there is no significant increment let's be honest mm. uh, in PRE14 uh, as compared to this uh, by election uh, PRN uh, this by elections um in terms of number, it's also more similar. We have 27 one, uh, female uh, uh, candidates in Selangor. In PRU, uh, in January election 14, we have about 26. So, so, the number almost similar whether in Kedah, Kelantan, Terengganu or Negeri In fact, in Terengganu, I think last election, we have four female candidates as compared to two this time. Yeah. So, Selangor has the highest number lah. in terms of number. But if you go by percentage, then the percentage of women candidates is still low. Still, low, we are way long to go, you know, before we can have at least 30% women uh, uh, leaders uh, or representative.
2: Yeah, so we could just uh, kind of focus on the parties again. You said something about uh, you know people in Trangana not being ready. What about the rest of the country? Uh, I think the West Coast kind of considers itself pr- progressive. Why don't we see more women being fielded by the parties in this part of the country?
0: Interesting, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, political parties, okay. Political parties. Uh, um, politics political parties have a significant impact on either facilitating or uh, obstructing women's uh, chances for leadership role. That, that that that's the first thing, okay. Um, because uh, the individuals uh, chosen as candidates and, and national leaders by this party um, hold the potential to assume influential roles within the government at different. Yes. So we are talking about position, uh position with power. Okay. Um so the, the fact that we observe a limited number of women candidates indicates uh I think a lack of political will within political parties to um actively pursue gender equality. I have to put that one first because uh, although we talk about gender equality is one of the Sustainable Development Goals agendas, um, which is impi- uh, um, which is uh, emphasizing on uh, equal opportunity for women and men across political, economic and other spheres, but we don't see that in politics. So we have to uh, understand as well that uh, politics is about power and we talk about a coalition and normally in this uh in this field where uh which only involves six stakes yeah uh women often find themselves disadvantaged as um male leaders primarily compete for seats so so now with pakatan and Paris national uh it's pretty hard for women to negotiate or bargain to have more seats because they need to uh, divide the seat uh, equally among the main party parties in the uh, in the coalition uh it goes to uh, it's similar in the situation of perikat, uh, Perikatan National as well as pakatar, pakatar and National.
1: We do have a comment that's come in from a listener, Lukman, who is saying, political parties are setting up quotas for women candidates is not going to work as political strategy trumps gender equality policies. Do you think that's true? Is there more of a priority or emphasis placed on strategy rather than gender parity?
0: Okay, if it's not work, give me one solution that's work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've been championing the, issue, uh, the, the 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 issues of having more women uh, pre- representative at decision-making level. We want to have at least 30%. We don't talk about 50%. We want to have at least 30%. The NGOs have been lobbying, the political parties have been lobbying the government to have this at least 30%. And you have to remember in 2004, when the government has this uh, uh, a policy to have at least 30% women at the decision-making level at, in public uh, 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 sphere, until two thousand twenty-three, we managed uh, to to achieve that. So it takes time, and for a long time we've been lobbying, we've been asking, we've been negotiating to have more women in, in, in uh, uh, women's representative, and it does not work. So I think it's it's about time the government have to take a stand to implement a quota to have. A, this should be top-down uh, approach as well as bottom-up approach. Yeah, and you have to remember quota system is not um, quota system only an affirmative action. Okay, Uh, until we have um, equal access, equal opportunities for women to be candidates to be leaders in every uh, at every level, we can you know just forget about quota and move on and based on merit. But for now, we really need quota in order for women to have more number of women at decision-making
2: level. Can we get a bit more granular with regard to the parties? Because if we look at the coalitions, uh, PH does better than PN in terms of the total number of women candidates, but both are trumped by a MUDA, which has about slightly over 50% of its uh, 19 candidates women, uh, that are women. So what do you think is going on? Is, is there something of the generational gap as well?
0: Um, yep, I would say that's one of the factors. And you have to remember, uh, in MUDA, uh, like you say, it's uh, championed by no, it's led by a uh, uh, younger people. So they are more open to new ideas, new approach in politics. They don't have to deal with warlords in politics okay, in their political parties. They don't have that uh, baggage. Okay. Well, not yet. So, not yet. Yeah, not yet. Okay. Hopefully, they don't. They're not going to be one of the. Uh, political parties okay forgive me for saying this but that's the, the, the that's the fact that's that let's face the reality okay so they have they have room to uh set up their, their their party because they what they only uh two years uh established their establishment in 2000 was it 2000 no, uh 2000. well they're,
2: they're relatively new yeah absolutely yeah,
0: they're relatively new as compared to others so it's good for them it's good for them to to fill in more uh women candidates. Regardless of their original intention or their true intentions, that's beside the point, but the, the most important thing, the visibility of young women leaders as uh candidates, that is the most important thing because young people need role models to move on, you know, uh, uh to be more uh, to be visible in political areas.
2: But can I ask you this? The the other traditional parties have women's wings, and these have been around for a long time and they do produce national leaders. So why doesn't that translate into more candidates?
0: Um there's a pro and con of having a uh, women's wing. Uh, first, yes, women's wing is supposed to lobby for to have more women. But you have to understand in uh, in a political parties. I think whatever in Bar- in um, Barisan Nasional, MICMCA, AMNO, uh, or in PAS or BASATU, or PKR, DAP, and Amana, they are bind by um, party discipline. You know, uh, they can't just. Uh, they can lobby to have more women, but if the the, the male leaders say, no, we're going, only, uh, going to have only this number of women as candidates, if the women leaders are not really believe in gender equality, it's not going to happen. We have another
1: listener, Siemens, who is saying, are we looking at nominations too simplistically? Instead of gender or race, why not look at how many are moderate or conservative or progressive and so on? Um, is there perhaps uh, more value in looking at the candidates through different lenses rather than gender?
0: Um, we've been talking about politics, and we know that in Malaysia, uh, our politics still, we are still talking about politics in terms of ethnicity and religion. Yeah. So, gender is another element that we need to consider. <clears throat> Uh, to bring another perspective in politics. So it will not be a a male-dominated area, because we know women leaders will bring different perspectives, different uh, life experiences, you know? So that's another angle to look at. it. Yes, you you can consider other factors as well, but why not gender? Why not gender? Because this this is the space where we don't see many women, and we don't see many women leaders.
1: Uh, Zarini, we have just about a minute left. What would you like to leave us with?
0: Um, I hope all the female candidates or women candidates would win this election. <laughs> you no, know, uh-huh. that's my, uh, wish, uh, my my wish. Um, but I really hope once if once they win the the, the the this election, they would dare enough to bring national issues in 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 uh, state assemblies you know, and really know how to talk about national issues instead of talking about uh, local issues or talking about uh, from uh, uh, their political party's perspective only.
1: Zarini, thanks for speaking with us today.
0: Thank you for
1: having me. That was Dr. Zairini Azmi, researcher at the Centre for Research on Women and Gender at University Science Malaysia, weighing in on the fact that uh, in the upcoming state elections, we are only seeing 12% of candidates being fielded uh, are women. So we're asking you for your thoughts. Should all parties have a quota for female candidates? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio.
0: Because freedom matters. BFM 89.9.
1: It is 5.38. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. And we're talking about female representation in the upcoming state elections. Um, only 12% of uh, female candidates are being fielded across the board. So we want to hear from you. Should all parties have a quota in place for female candidates? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Let's start with a voice note that's coming. This is from Roberto.
3: For starters, and I will discuss only this point, is about why the UN decided that it's only 30% that has to be represented. Let's be frank. Around the world, almost in any country that calls themselves democratic countries, 50% of the population are women, are female. And if democracy has to be strictly followed, therefore 50% of the representatives at any Congress must be female representatives, women representatives. You know what I mean? It's not about a quota or something, it has to be the way that the population, the society has to be represented It shouldn't be just 30% as the minimum. I mean, I'm just, again, it's democracies that have to be playing that role. But again, it's so sad to see that many of those so-called democracies do not have the proper representation of their citizens, generally and globally speaking.
1: Roberto, thank you for that. Um, I I agree that 30% is, is actually... Um, not the ideal, but the minimum required to say there is representation on the table. Um, and certainly I'm all for aiming for higher than that.
2: Yeah. So what what could happen when we look at the scenarios uh, looking, going forward towards the polls is that it's 12% at time of nomination. How many of those candidates, if all of them win, then we look at 12% in, you know, distributed across these six assemblies. But if, If it's less than that, then we're looking at a really small number of women. Mm. And I think for all the men out there who think that this is not a problem and it's only about talent or whatever, then I would say, actually, uh, think about this. Do you want your assemblies to be reflective of the kind of society you actually live in? If they're 50 percent of women, if they're X number of uh, people from different communities, don't you want to see your state assembly reflect that diversity?
1: Well, okay, we have a couple of people pushing back against exactly that point, Sharad. Uh, firstly, um Jun Xiao says, it's not a KPI that we must have at least thirty percent of female candidates. The candidate's ability is the most important. Meanwhile, Donald J. Trump says, I don't buy force fielding women just because of gender equality or such. Field a candidate who's capable, hardworking, and loyal to their party. Therefore, educate party leaders to recognize, learn to accept and consider members of any sex with these qualities. Not force field un- incapable male members who they have a good relationship with, and never field incapable female candidates just to accommodate that 30% quota. And next, female members should work double hard so male, ma- male leaders alike can see you. You won't be missed out. How do you feel about this, Shamila? Mm. <laughs> I think that whenever we talk about representing women, we seem to sort of front load the notion of merit and quality in a way that men don't need to necessarily stand up to, right? Because are the... So if we're talking about even 12%, are the remainder 80, 88% of candidates quality candidates? Are we? Are they all already meeting all those benchmark of quality that we're talking about? And if they are not, then why are we constantly talking about merit when it comes to women? Um, so disproportionately is what I'm saying. I agree that we need to prioritize quality, but I do think though that the two can coexist. It doesn't need to be a mutually exclusive thing. Actually, absolutely,
2: right? Because Because the assumption is that, in fact, everybody hits those those benchmarks that, you know, Donald J. Trump mentioned. Uh, Then the question is, why is it that having reached that, uh, having made that assumption, that women fall precipitously low in, in, in qualifying as candidates? Unless we're saying that parties uh, recruit women of low quality and therefore they can't find fifty percent, uh, you know, to be candidates, I, I think this is a kind of argument that. Uh goes in the face of actual history and a history where political parties have often used women's power to drive their their popularity and their success but then don't reward them this is true of the nationalist movement it's true of all major political parties you think of amno you think of all those political parties and their women's wings but they just don't reward women and the reason it, and the question is
1: why We have Shamil with a little bit of a left-field idea saying, now this might be wild, but hear me out. An all-women political party, no-need quota, no-need infighting, no headache. Cut off all these patriarchal dinosaurs. Uh,
2: Well, yeah... well, maybe that could work, uh, but then, I mean, it certainly would uh, increase uh, on average the amount of women uh, contesting. But I don't know if that's really where we want to go because we do want women to be represented equally across the spectrum politically as well. So whether you're an Islamist or a democratic and a socialist or, a, you know, uh, whatever it is that you stand for, a social democrat,
1: you want 50% of women to be there. That I agree. I think that um, we making this call is not a partisan call. It's not, I want to only see more women on the side of the parties that I vote for. It should be a call across the spectrum because um, actually going back to, um, they are representing the women uh, voters, right? Um I did, I did, however, um, want to read this one from Shariza, who says, um, I think it's more fun if each seat has a duo candidate consisting of both male and female candidates, but split their salaries. Um, a quota maybe means someone is not there by merit, may, and if a party needs to put a female candidate just because they have to, they might just place a candidate that they don't expect to win because they have to. Um, going back to that point you made about are women being forced to run? In either where they might just um, not stand a chance, um, and and I mean those are all considerations. But I do think though that with the entry the bar for entry currently being so low. I want to see at least that 30% before we start having these more granular conversations. Yeah, so
2: there is this kind of constitutional engineering. I think it's nice that everybody's come up with their own ideas of how to solve it. The Penang State Government has this top-up women-only additional seats initiative. I know that in Triganu, they actually have a provision for nominated ADUNs. Uh, And in the last uh, uh, assembly, in fact, uh, the one person nominated was a woman in order to balance out in a completely gender unbalanced uh, assembly. They put one woman there. She was from past. But, you know, so, so there is that kind of constitutional engineering. If, if, if there's a failure in the, in the electoral process, then maybe uh, you can have it there, uh, at the other end of the process.
1: Sriram, bringing up um, a couple of different things, Sriram says, why is the participation of women in active politics so much lower than men? What are the barriers or impediments women face? What are the push factors that discourage them from going into politics or moving up party ladders? Until we can address these, we will not be able to get enough quality female candidates to elect.
2: Yeah, so the quality—it's—it's it's interesting how quality, how why there is a pushback on this quality. Yes, uh, because
1: uh, um, actually, since we're talking about quality, right? So Mingzi, for instance, says, "I'm all for quality female reps—less Rina Harun, more Asalina othman So I, I understand the push for have, wanting effective female leaders, but I actually think. All the things that Sriram talked about, um, why is the participation low, what are the barriers for entry, what are the impediments along the way, we do need to be talking about that separate from this notion of are they going to be effective leaders. Because if we don't give people opportunity, then we're never going to be able to know if they're going to be effective leaders. Din says... I'd like to know if all people writing in and saying that a quota may result in unqualified female candidates believe that the current crop of candidates are in fact wholly selected on merit.
2: Yeah, I I think Din, um, who spelled your name uh, in a Russian fashion, Ludmila, I think is how she spelled your name. Um, Yeah, you have a point. I mean, look, look. I mean, at the end of the day, we have to check our own prejudice, and I, uh, you know, we. It's Shamla, you've been at this for a long time. Every time it comes to elections we talk about women, we have the same conversations. I wonder when we're gonna move on.
1: Well, we'll move on when we reach the thirty <laughs> percent. Keep those thoughts coming. You can uh call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast